Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 296 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today we are talking all about carnitine, a nutrient that maybe doesn't get as much focus as it should. So this amino acid is a real powerhouse when it comes to weight loss and mitochondrial energy production. And today we're really going to drill down on some of the other research supported benefits, symptoms of carnitine deficiency, why we prefer using L-carnitine over exogenous ketones to enhance your keto and more. Yes, tons of awesome nerdy information, tons of literature and research, and a big emphasis on cardiovascular health from arrhythmia and chest pain to more. So we will talk about how carnitine can be a great thing to add for endurance and exercise performance, a great thing to consider for an aging parent to prevent heart disease, and a great tool to consider, as Becky mentioned, to enhance weight loss and ketone production. So before we get into all of this good stuff, we thought that this is a really good synergy. As we think of carnitine, of course, we think of our supplement Boost and Burn, which we'll share with y'all later towards the end of this episode. But we also think, of course, of nutritional ketosis. So for you listeners, we will be offering a discount on both our 12-week Food as Medicine Ketosis program. This archived program has six classes that are over an hour each in length, really deep diving on the science and strategy of nutritional ketosis. We are also going to be providing you tons of handouts within this. And because this is an archive, you can have it evergreen, meaning for the length and lifehood of our website. So you can watch it, rewatch it, um, even watch it with a partner or a sister and do this journey together. We hope that you'll take advantage of our offering and save $50 off the class that brings it down to $99 using the code KETOFAM50. Within this program, you'll also have access to really tailor nutritional ketosis to your body's needs. We talk about hormones and areas where ketosis can drive imbalance in the body and things to watch out for, and a way to customize a protocol with specific macros that also allow you to adjust the dial of metabolic flexibility. So whether you are a keto veteran or whether you are a keto newbie, this program definitely has some high level content that's going to take your health to the next level. So go on over to Allie Miller RD and check out our 12-week Food as Medicine Ketosis program and use the code KETOFAM50 to save $50 getting this entire program for just $99. And then we're also offering you guys $10 off our 12-week keto meal plan, which can really go hand in hand with that class 
or it can go on its own totally independent from that class. Um, And what's great about the meal plan, so now that it's fully flushed out and available, you get all 12 weeks at once. Um, So you're gonna get a PDF downloadable where you can, you know, print off the whole thing if you like. And then you'll also get a weekly email push for those 12 weeks um, where you receive the meal plan of the week along with the grocery list, the weekly challenge, and just the recipes of focus for that week and a little note of encouragement from Allie and myself to kind of keep you going. Um, And what I also love about this meal plan is that it's kind of a no brainer. Like you don't have to think so much about your food as medicine goals because we've audited it to make sure that, you know, every day you're getting your two to three cups of leafy greens, that you're getting your fish that two to three times a week within the recipes, the way we structured it, that you're getting, you know, diversity of produce and antioxidants you're using tons of herb seasonings and spices people couldn't believe like how many fresh herbs that they were yeah. buying um and and loving it just that bright flavor um you're getting a good diversity of different cuts of protein which i think is really important not to fall into a rut um and you know we're incorporating things like bone broth and gelatin and collagen so you're kind of hitting on like all of the food is medicine goals that we tell you to do without having having to think so darn hard about it. Totally. Absolutely. Okay. So head on over to Allie Miller RD. Um, you can use the code KETOFAM10 for $10 off of those 12-week meal plans. All right. Let's talk about carnitine. Let's do it. So I think the first question um, is, what the heck is what it? Is it? Um, so just kind of start us off with the, the basic 101 on carnitine. Sure. So carnitine is an amino acid and it plays a role with our energy levels by transporting fatty acids into the mitochondria. And the mitochondria are the energy factories within every cell of the body. So it transports fats into this energy center where fats can be burned up and used as fuel. Our body produces L-carnitine from the essential amino acid lysine, and this goes through a specific biosynthetic pathway to produce. L-carnitine plays a role, and you'll see often if you're looking at like an over-the-counter fat burner or whatnot, you will see often the big promises of carnitine with increased fat burn or body weight loss. Um, but as we will share when we talk about, you know, what, how many milligrams or grams for that matter that you need of this compound, definitely the form and getting L-carnitine is going to be highly superior as well as having a potent dosage. Um, we know that carnitine plays a role also as maintaining heart health and muscle recovery. Um, There are also benefits of carnitine with brain function. We'll talk about research today with Alzheimer's disease, for instance, prevention of muscle damage, so that's that endurance and exercise recovery, as well as regulating blood sugar and um, aiding in exercise performance. Carnitine is going to be synthesized or produced primarily in the liver and the kidneys, but over 95% of the body's carnitine is located in the heart and then secondary in skeletal muscle mass. And that's because, again, these tissues are going to be high energy demands and they derive most of their energy from fat as fuel. 
Carnitine is not considered on its own essential. It's kind of a conditionally essential nutrient um, because we know that the body does produce it, but it has limitations to the synthesis or the pathway, especially if you're low in lysine, for instance, or if you have viral times of concern. Mm -hmm. We know we burn through lysine at higher levels. Um, And individuals that aren't getting ample protein, of course, be that an amino acid is a building block of protein. So vegetarians and vegans would be of high need. They're not going to find carnitine outside of animal products. And we know, of course, those that are endurance athletes or those that do a lot of exercise or have areas of concern in neurological health or heart health would be areas that would be high consideration of supplement strategy. Yeah. Let's talk about just some of the other things that can drive risk of deficiency. So vegans and vegetarians, I think would be one. We think of carnitine or carne as like the first part of that. And that's, you know, a nutrient found predominantly in meat. We'll go over food sources. There are a couple of plant sources, but like everything else that we talk about, it's really, you know, the bioavailability is in those animal products. Yeah. So the first risk of deficiency would be inadequate intake likely of animal products. Um, And then we're looking at, because it's synthesized in the liver and kidneys, anyone that has issues with kidney disease, so an individual on dialysis, of course, someone that has liver disease, excessive alcohol consumption could play a role here. Um, We know that medications can interfere with levels and create deficiency. Pregnancy is one because we see excretion of carnitine on higher levels during pregnancy. And we know that um, if you are in a state of nutritional ketosis, that you're demanding or using carnitine to drive again that fat into the mitochondria to produce ketones. So I will say when I'm reviewing micronutrient status, often I'll see an individual that's been doing low carb or keto Mm -hmm. for an extensive period of time being carnitine deficient, even if they are eating a good amount of red meat and animal product. And so it's one of those, you know, based on demand and based on limitations of production considerations of supplement strategy. And I will say the boost and burn formula is our go-to if someone has an issue making ketones because we're like, hey, let's give you the amino acid that pushes the fat into your cells to produce through the mitochondria, the energy, and aka make ketones. Um, And so you're driving that ketone production pathway, which is highly superior to taking like an exogenous ketone or a BHB product that's just putting the ketone in the bloodstream. L-carnitine is going to teach the body to do the work. And often in a ketogenic diet, you're already eating ample fat. So you don't need to adjust that. You just need to utilize it and metabolize it appropriately. Yes. I think that's such a good point. And so it's like the limiting agents are usually DHEA or carnitine that over time you've just burned that out. And that's often the people who are like, I was doing so great with keto for two years and all of a sudden I can't get back into ketosis after I carb cycle or I'm just not getting that same keto Keto high. high. I think that boost and burn would be like the first light switch. And actually safer to use as a supplement strategy without lab tests. Totally, yeah, For yeah. instance, I would never use DHEA nope. without a confirmed low status in saliva or blood because excess DHEA can cause, you know, male pattern baldness, can drive um, infertility, can drive irritability, short fuse, and so much more. So L-carnitine is definitely a safer step if your ketone levels are dropping or you're having a difficulty getting in. Totally. All right. Um, let's cover just some of the symptoms of deficiency or or what are some of the tip-offs other than low ketone production that we might be seeing carnitine deficiency? 
So I mentioned the, you know, kind of workout recovery, but we can see even just like muscle weakness or fatigue overall. So maybe not even from taxing or stressing the muscles, but just having weakness in the body overall in that muscular system. Um, We can see an elevated LDL as well as a low HDL, so an unfavorable lipid panel. We can see chest pain and cardiovascular arrhythmia, so the whole gamut of cardiovascular disease. We can see body fat gain or lipid accumulation in the body, so like fatty liver, for instance, can be seen. We can see influence in neurological health, so exacerbation or driver towards Alzheimer's disease and memory loss, as well as weight gain. Okay. Um, let's cover maybe some of the benefits of carnitine and, and dig into a little bit of the research here. So maybe starting with exercise performance and endurance. I think yeah. that's a really big area of focus. I think carnitine is most acknowledged in the bodybuilding space. Um, and that's because it does play a role, again, with enhancing endurance and boosting energy levels. So sustained athletic performance, if you will. Um, there was a study that looked at um, in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research that gave professional soccer players three to four grams of L-carnitine before exercise. And they found that this prolonged the time that it took to reach their exhaustion. So definitely had greater endurance and prolonged exercise output. Um, And so this is something to really consider, especially for marathon runners, um, swimmers, cyclists, anyone that's doing a long distance. Yeah. Um, You know, you could definitely drink your pickle juice still and work your electrolytes, but L-carnitine would be a great thing to consider. Okay. And then um, weight loss and fat burn is another really well- acknowledged area of focus for carnitine. Yeah, so there was a study that looked at a dose response association between L-carnitine and body weight reduction. So it was nonlinear and it suggested that 2000 excuse me, excuse me, milligrams or 2 grams of L-carnitine, which is actually the dosage in our single serving of Boost and Burn, um, is going to provide the maximum result in adults. Um, there were 37 randomized clinical trials. So these are the gold standard in medical literature, which looked at over 2,000 participants, and they showed that L-carnitine supplementation significantly decreased body weight. Okay. Um, so we're looking at weight loss. We're looking at reduced BMI, um, as well as enhanced breakdown of body fat. Um, so prevention of, of fat gain, increased fat burning, and energy expenditure in other studies. Yeah, there was a study in Germany, actually, that looked at overweight participants receiving a regular diet either with or without L-carnitine. And so this is the you know modifiable variable, the intervention, if you will. And they saw that the L-carnitine was found to significantly increase the breakdown of fat. Another study by the Journal of Physiology showed that increasing the amount of carnitine in the muscles helped to prevent fat gain by increasing fat burning energy and energy expenditure. Okay, and then on the same token of like muscle um, preservation, we're looking at prevention of muscle damage here too. Um, so another study out of uh, the Asian Journal of Sports Medicine looked at 21 male athletes that were given either L-carnitine or a placebo for two weeks prior to an athletic test. Um, and those who took the L-carnitine had lower levels of markers that indicated muscle degradation and damage. 
Sure. So when we're looking at the debris or breakdown of muscle, this Mm. is preserving or reserving muscle maintenance, which is going to be better recovery and better performance. That's a part of that mechanism of the endurance there. And then in the brain, there was a study in Italy that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and it looked at daily L-carnitine supplementation on mental and physiological fatigue in elderly patients. Elderly participants over 100 years. Over 100. Wow. I mean, that's fun to just play with that population as is and and to to find them. Um, But they found that it did not only reduce total fat mass and increase muscle mass, which obviously they're up against the clock of time. Right. And then some for sarcopenia or muscle wasting. So it increased muscle mass in the 100-year-olds. It reduced fat mass, but it also helped to decrease fatigue and improved cognitive function. Well, that's pretty cool. And I know there's some kind of emerging research out there happening now in the world of cognitive decline and and Alzheimer's disease. So that would also be a good compound to kind of watch in that space. And we've talked about, you know, the um, mechanism of ketones in Alzheimer's in prior episodes. So in theory, just that uh, mechanism alone of enhancing ketone production could be helpful in the cognitive function. Yes. So there have been many studies that actually looked at changes in the blood concentrations of carnitine, and they saw that there was a reduction in memory complaints. There was a reduction in mild cognitive impairment and in Alzheimer's disease when compared to cognitively healthy people. So in this sense, we're looking at deficiency as an indicator of a risk factor of Alzheimer's. And then in 2003, there was a meta-analysis of 21 trials, and they saw that carnitine was superior to a placebo. We always love those double-blind randomized clinical trials. And they looked at how this impacted patient functioning, attention, memory, and intellectual function pretty cool stuff and and the fact that boost and burn is a liquid delivery form too gives you kind of flexible dosing and and might make it you know easier uh, to get into like an elderly person or even to put into a smoothie I think could work really nicely and I think especially considering again how again it, it maintains and actually enhances muscle mass you know thinking again in this population they're probably especially if dentures don't fit well or having oral sure. sores or issues with mastication or chewing and breakdown you know they might be eating a limited protein diet right. and so beyond thinking of things like the grass bed way for aging parents this is where the boost and burn could be a really fantastic tool yes love it um let's talk blood sugar and then the application in type 2 diabetes as well yes so there's a lot of promising literature here and again it's connecting to that mechanism of the fact that it helps us to burn fat as fuel um so we've seen that carnitine supplementation can maintain normal blood sugar levels and combat insulin resistance so there was a study out of rome that was published in the journal of american college of nutrition and this showed that infusing people with diabetes with L-carnitine improved insulin sensitivity and increased the uptake of sugar from the bloodstream, thus reducing blood sugar levels. Um, There was another study that looked at another one in Rome, actually specifically, that looked at L-carnitine with calorie restriction and saw that this helped to reduce insulin resistance and increased insulin sensitivity. And then there were a couple different clinical trials that explored supplemental L-carnitine and how this could improve glucose tolerance especially in individuals with impaired glucose metabolism, so those with diabetes or insulin resistance. And um, again, we're looking at the fact that it can increase the oxidation of these long-chain fatty acids, 
which accumulation can contribute to insulin resistance in skeletal muscle. So if you maintain that excess body fat, your insulin can't dock to the receptors as well. It's kind of bouncing off that excess fat. Um, and then we know that also the carnitine can enhance glucose utilization by reducing the acetyl-CoA concentration within the mitochondria. So some geeky mechanisms, but we've seen with meta-analysis and various clinical trials, successful outcomes include either impaired fasting glucose, um, we've seen reduction of type 2 diabetes or getting into a remissive state, um, we've seen also reduction of fatty liver, um, an improvement in outcomes there. So that all kind of works within this glucose tolerance and blood sugar control. What a perfect time to talk about Nutrisense. Yes. <laughs> so today's sponsor of the Naturally Nourished podcast is Nutrisense. And Nutrisense is a company that provides continuous glucose monitors that provide you with real-time glucose data. Each sensor is going to last for 14 days, two weeks of nonstop information about your blood sugar trends. They also provide you with an easy app to use on your phone that helps you to combine and visualize your glucose trends with your daily daily activity. So you're able to plug in your sleep quality or your stress on that day, the exercise that you did in the specific time that you did your exercise, as well as the food that you eat. This allows you to work with one of NutriSense health professionals to get personalized recommendations on how to improve your health. So you may see, for instance, that you tolerate a higher carbohydrate intake in the morning or maybe in the evening based on your cortisol levels or based on the time that you exercise. You might see that you need GABACalm in the middle of your stressful day because that epinephrine fight or flight hormone is going to drive a blood sugar spike and that when you can mitigate it with the neuroinhibitory compound, your blood sugar stays optimized. So NutriSense completely takes the guesswork from the equation since you get to see personalized real-time data in your response to what you eat, how stressed out you are, how you move your body, and the quality of your sleep. You can purchase a CGM through NutriSense when you go to NutriSense.io slash AllieMillerRD. Um, if you scroll all the way down on this page, you will see an option to get a meter for just a two-week wear. Also, you can have the opportunity to use the code ALLYRD, that's just A-L-I-R-D, and this will give you $30 off a monthly subscription plan. Um, so this is a discount on your, your subscription plan, a one-time discount for $30 off, and I definitely recommend that you go on over to NutriSense.io slash AllieMillerRD and check them out. Um, there is so much information that you can learn about your blood sugar metabolism and whether you have been told that you have an elevated A1C in your pre diabetic or you have a strong family history or um, you know you're just trying to understand what your metabolic flexibility is in the ketogenic diet this is a great way to get that n equals one individualized data so go on over to nutrisense.io slash AllieMillerRD use the code AllieRD on their website to save $30 off your subscription or on my page you can do that one-time use I bet you could even play with your boost and burn and your NutriSense yeah, CGM no and see what it does That'd to your blood sugar. That'd be a fun thing to see. Yep. Right? Um, and then talking in this world of just metabolic disease, um, cardiovascular disease huge is another really big area of focus. And remember, we talked about that heart, you know, as one of the richest areas of carnitine storage in the body. 
Yes. Um, in fact, there's evidence from randomized clinical trials that suggest that L-carnitine may be a good adjuvant or an add-on to standard medical treatment for individuals with cardiovascular disease. So especially if you yourself or a family member has had a stent or a bypass or has a known mechanism of cardiovascular disease, this is a high essential need. Yeah. Heart we've, failure, that would be a big area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen myocardial infarction, which is basically, you know, heart attack, right? And we see that this occurs when you have plaque buildup, atherosclerotic plaque in your coronary artery, and this ruptures and obstructs the blood flow to the heart muscle and causes damage to the heart. But we've seen with clinical trials that L-carnitine immediately after an MI could actually reduce the injury to the heart muscle, resulting from ischemia or um, weakness, and it can actually improve clinical outcomes. There was an early trial in 160 men and women that were diagnosed with a recent MI, or again, myocardial infarction, and they showed that oral L-carnitine at four grams, which is two servings of our boost and burn, in addition to the standard pharmacological treatment they didn't try independent of, but still, adding in that L-carnitine for one year significantly reduced the mortality and the occurrence of chest pain and um, heart attacks compared to the control. So pretty powerful outcomes there. And then we also have seen that intravenous treatment of L-carnitine actually can lower the concentrations of creatinine kinase. That was probably also the marker that was looked at with that muscle breakdown. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we even see troponin levels going down. And these are two markers of cardiac injury. And then finally in this world, we saw a 2013 meta-analysis of randomized clinical trials. They found that L-carnitine therapy in patients who experienced an MI reduced the risks of all-cause mortality. Um, so pretty big, powerful stuff. And we even see clinical data on heart failure. Sure. And and heart failure was one we talked about quite a bit in our CoQ10 podcast mm-hmm. as well. But um, just thinking about heart failure as basically the inability of, of the heart to pump enough blood for all of our body's needs. And so bringing in something like this carnitine that can help with that like muscular function of the heart yes. in theory should be supportive. And so we've seen um, significant improvements of several markers of cardiac function, um, including exercise tolerance, which is a big marker that we look at in this heart failure population. Often they don't tolerate very much exercise, um, as well as improvement of ventricular function. And then just real quick back to the world of um, diabetes, we're looking at studies um, in diabetic peripheral neuropathy, seeing improvement of outcomes with the use of carnitine as well. Yes, and then even actually studies that show independent of diabetes, chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy also being improved. And these are dosages that, again, are very close to a single serving. This was three grams a day for eight weeks compared to a placebo, and there were improvements in parameters observed with neuropathy from those undergoing treatment through chemo. Okay, and then the world of anxiety and depression is also super interesting uh, with carnitine studies that are out there. Yeah, there was a 2018 meta-analysis that looked at 12 randomized controlled trials, and this was 791 participants, and they looked at the effect of carnitine on symptoms of depression. We saw that evidence showed a reduction in depressive symptoms of those that used carnitine when compared to a placebo, And the studies range from one to three grams. So again, kind of dead smack in that middle of the two grams you'll receive 
leave in just a teaspoon. But look at that, as effective as antidepressants in treating depressive symptoms without all of the side effects, guys. And you know what? Antidepressant drugs often cause body fat gain and weight gain instead of the oppositional effect that the boost and burn would give you the antidepressant boost plus improved skeletal muscle mass, favorable body comp shift, and all that good stuff. Yes. Um, And then the world of infertility also, there's some promising research um, specifically in, in male infertility and sperm motility. Okay. So there was a cross-sectional study of 100 plus fertile and infertile men, and they found that L-carnitine concentrations in the semen were positively correlated with the number of sperm, the percentage of the motile sperm or the sperm that's able to move, um, a huge part of the fertility process, as well as the percentage of the normal appearing sperm, and that's looking at that morphology or the shape and structure of the sperm. So this suggests that the L-carnitine plays an important role in male fraternity, excuse me, in male fertility. And a placebo-controlled double-blind crossover trial in 86 subjects with fertility issues found that supplementation with L-carnitine at 2 grams a day, that magic amount, for just two months improved sperm quality. And this was evidenced by increases in the sperm concentration and motility. Yes. And so often, you know, when we're working with clients, I think we're working with the women most of the time um, on fertility struggles. But typically, I'll give them some recommendations for their partner as well. And I think carnitine is going to go up the list. Yeah. It's one that I'm I'm often telling them, uh, relax and regulate. Because we actually know that that myo-inositol can support morphology and motility Um, but both of these are really great because you can kind of not that you want to like scapegoat your husband but you can give your husband exercise tools (laughs) because you know relax and regulate and boost and burn are for exercises for your muscle recovery Uh after exercise and your endurance but you're also getting the baby making juice going yeah so yeah I think kind of cool stuff there totally um, let's cover food sources of carnitine. So we mentioned like meat as the best place to get carnitine, but let's kind of get specific on where to find it. Yeah. So red meat is going to be the best source. So going for grass fed pasture raised beef would be a really good choice. Um, we can also get carnitine as an amino acid in any form of protein. So, you know, looking at even codfish and chicken breast, but relative for that, if we're looking at a four ounce portion, we're going to see in steak for instance, somewhere between like 60 to 150 milligrams, um, four ounces. So that's a pretty, you know, reasonable portion, maybe a little small for some of us, but 50 to 162, technically, let's say 50 to 150 milligrams in the steak, about 80 to 100 in ground beef at four ounces, whereas codfish and chicken breast are more in the single digits, like five to seven milligrams range or three even to seven milligrams range. And I do want to call out again, when we're talking about these things, therapeutic dosages yielding clinical outcomes, again, the individual that that has had a heart attack or the individual that is dealing with infertility or the individual that is a high-performance athlete and needs that advantage and competitive edge two grams is a whole lot of beefsteak you need to get there carnivore and then some like really trying so it is pretty difficult to achieve in the food servings alone even if you're eating eating good variety and focusing primarily on red meat so i do always increase red meat in the individuals that have carnitine deficiency Um, we can also see some of course in grass-fed whey and in pasture-raised dairy products But if we're looking for clinical outcomes, we're really going to need supplementation strategy. Yeah. Let's talk about boost and burn and and kind of some of the specifics of 
that formulation. So we've already mentioned this 2000 milligram or two gram dosage as kind of the magical number. And some studies were a little lower, some are a little higher, mm-hmm. but you know, easily achieved with one to two teaspoons of boost and burn a day. Absolutely. So when we're looking at the outcomes, we know that it can improve cardiovascular health. It can regulate blood sugar. It can increase energy, burn body fat, enhance exercise outcomes, and increase ketone levels just from the L-carnitine itself. But our boost and burn doesn't stop at L-carnitine. It also provides beyond the two grams of L-carnitine, two grams of D-ribose, and 100 milligrams of pantothenic acid. So based on the ribose and pantothenic acid, we also say that a big benefit is that we can see hair health and hair regrowth. So we're seeing a lot of this kind of post-COVID hair loss, as well as the concern of, um, you know, cardiovascular inflammation, a cardio... um, Myocarditis. Thank you. I'm like, it was right there. (laughs) Myocarditis. Um, So this would be a great tool as well, especially if you've had some fatigue, shortness of breath, post-COVID infection or post-vaccination. This would be a really good element to bring in, especially if you're noticing that hair loss as an indicator because you're getting that synergy of the ingredients. Yes. And and let's talk about what that ribose is and how we use that or, or why we need it. Sure. So we bring ribose into this formula. It's a compound that is essential for biological function and energy generation. So ribose is needed to synthesize DNA, our genetic material that contains the instructions needed for our body to develop, survive, and reproduce. It's basically the starting point for synthesizing energy or ATP for our cells to do their work. So for this reason, we pair D-ribose with L-carnitine to support sustained energy levels and enhance the metabolic function kind of cool very cool i would say um and even you know comparing um we did this in our recent promo of boost and burn but comparing to other supplements on the market it's hard to find that effective dose that we've been talking about we looked at our boost and burn compared to a um, douglas laboratory which is a great company yes Mm -hmm. totally clean they don't add any you know crap to it but it's 250 milligrams per capsule. And so you'd have to take eight pills of that to get the equivalent of just one teaspoon of the boost. A burn. teaspoon. Yeah, but nobody needs eight more capsules in their lives. You guys are already taking to too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, and just to kind of harp on the balance of, again, that B5, that pantothenate, beyond the role with hair loss, we do connect this idea of, you know, carnitine's ability to support mood. We talked about how it can be as effective as an antidepressant medication. Well, pantothenic acid also is known as, it's kind of coined as the anti-stress vitamin. So we know that this B5 can also combat fatigue. So you're getting the triple effect of fatigue reduction or energy boost in these three ingredients. But the B5 also can reduce anxiety, insomnia, irritability, acne, depression, and as mentioned, the hair loss. So we know that the adrenal glands have high demand for this pantothenic acid. And this is a really good sustained way to create that whole body balance. Yeah. So we love using using Boost and Burn as like a pre-workout tool or first thing in the morning to give you kind of that energy. And I think the synergy of these three compounds is is really magical in that way, that it will give you kind of a pre-workout boost. I have clients all the time ask me like, what's your favorite 
pre-workout and I don't get behind any of the weird powders yeah. and, and the, all like, of those things. High the, the nitric oxide, yeah, no. vasodilators. Um, it's boost and burn. <laughs> yes. And, and I would just, again, kind of harp that beyond ketone production, cardiometabolic health, weight loss and body comp, that this really is a formula to support not just hair and nail health, but also skin health. There's a lot of research on the dosage of pantothenate that's in just a teaspoon and how pantothenic acid can actually reduce facial acne lesions. It's safe, well-tolerated, and we've seen a reduced total facial lesion count when compared, and and inflammatory blemishes, less redness when compared to a placebo. So awesome considerations Great tool for like cystic or hormonal acne teenagers even I think of kind of in that population yeah, like the football and, player dudes right. that need all the things it's so much safer than Accutane right oh my <laughs> like, goodness come on. Don't, that's a whole nother episode yeah it sure is all right so I think we've covered all of the things um so boost and burn we mentioned is you know a flexible dosing based on um taking one to two teaspoons per day preferred probably in the morning or maybe that like mid-afternoon yeah if you're crashing yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't want to take it too late in the evening because it might keep you up give you a little bit too much energy between the carnitine and and the b5 Um, but I think a really flexible tool that you know we can add to a shaker smoothie or just kind of take it's it's in almost like a cough syrup um, Mm -hmm. type of viscosity Mm -hmm. so just taking that and a quick like shot of water afterward does the trick and it'll get you going Awesome. So we hope that you learned something today all about carnitine, this often unsung hero in the amino acid family. Go on over to wherever you're listening to podcasts, if it's iTunes or Apple, uh, or if it's Google Play or Spotify, and leave us a five-star review with a couple sentences of why you love the Naturally Nourished podcast. And as we've mentioned Boost and Burn a couple times, you can go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. That's where you can check out our entire supplement line, the Naturally Nourished Supplement line. You can check out Boost and Burn. You can also check out our Keto Essentials Bundle, which includes Boost and Burn and Relax and Regulate and Digest Aid in there and learn about those other formulas and how those could be a good add. And you can check out our 12-week Virtual Food as Medicine program with the savings that we offered. We'll put the show notes together with the savings there as well as our 12-week food as medicine ketosis meal plans. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.